Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Amit Man. Rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast platforms and on YouTube. Like, subscribe there as well. So we should talk about Damian Lillard. And no better person to discuss that and what could be on the table for the Toronto Raptors and among other teams as well as Daniel Hackett of Raptors HQ. Expert when it comes to caps and money and math and stuff like that. Much better than than myself, so I will be, I will be leveraging your talents. How are you? I'm um, great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, look forward to having some fun discussions about yeah. a trade that might never happen. Exactly. We were discussing the crickets in the background um, before we started recording, and it is sort of crickets at the moment. When you know, just to go through some of the the timeline so far is Mark Spears, um, ESPN, a person who's well acquainted with Damian Lillard. They did a a one on one like a month ago, right? And uh, he kind of broke, I suppose, or he reported on ESPN NBA Today that. The Raptors are a front runner. He's like, for whatever that means, as it stands right now, and that the Heat, not saying too much about Damian Lillard, the conversations are kind of dead to a degree, and yeah, they they want Grady Dick, and yeah, a few executives within the Eastern Conference have suggested that they wouldn't be surprised if he was traded before um, training camp starts, and also the Toronto Raptors could be a favorite. And then after that, I mean, it's just like... It's like things coming from the Miami Heat beat reporter side of things. You know, they're comfortable moving on from Damian Lillard because they feel like they can compete without him as they went to the finals last year. And also, but they're also sort of talking to a few other teams about how they can make a three-team trade happen. And that might sweeten the pot for the Blazers, but also talks are dead. A lot of funny things happening. Oh, also they're getting into the Buddy Heel sweepstakes while also discussing Damian Lillard. That was something that came out from... A Florida, a Florida newspaper. Anyway, that's kind of where things are. And also, oh, sorry, the last thing I had to mention. Apparently, they're not interested in offering all seven of their assets, which would be three first-rounders, Hiro Jovic, Caleb Martin, Hakez Jr., person they drafted, 18th overall in this past draft. So there you go. That's all the latest and greatest, but that's not the reason why I brought Daniel on. But anyway... um. Anything to anything with that? Or are you just like, yeah, that's kind of where we are? I mean, that is where we are. I mean, the rumors started way back in July as soon as it was obvious that the Blazers weren't going to trade um, the third overall pick for help for Dame. And then it was like, well, they're going to trade Dame yeah. at some point. <laughs> and at that time, everybody looked at the Heat and said, oh, he wants to go to the Heat. But because the heat he said it. <laughs> but the Heat can't offer much. Yeah. Right. So it was always, oh, the Heat's offer just isn't that good unless Portland really likes Tyler Hero. And it seems like both Portland and the rest of the league doesn't really like Tyler Hero that much. Which is funny. Yeah, I mean, he's a a good player, but also, I mean, they kind of have that position figured out 
in a few different ways. It's kind of that simple to me, but that's why you bring in a third team that maybe there is a team that's interested in Tyler Hero, and it's kind of crickets on that front, oddly, because he is a talented player. (laughs) That's what you would have thought, is that over the course of the summer, that Miami would find somebody who really, really liked Tyler Hero and would give up the assets that Portland needed to make that deal happen. And apparently they haven't, which makes me think that maybe his value league-wide is not, but the Heat thought it was when they signed him to that contract extension. Um, and at, this, at the time, at the beginning of summer, people did bring up the Raptors. It's like the Raptors are in kind of a weird spot. They've got two different timelines. Do they consider, like, first the rumors during the draft were, do the Raptors tear it down? Do they get that third overall pick from Portland? And then when that didn't happen, is okay, do the Raptors go the other way? Do they mm-hmm. trade some of their youth or some of their uncertainty, anyway, uh, for an established star in Damian Lillard? Uh, we always talk about the Raptors lying in wait, setting themselves up so they always have enough decent pieces on the team that they can consolidate if the opportunity comes up. And this is one such opportunity. And between Portland and Miami, it seemed like it was a bit of a game of chicken because Miami's like, we know where he wants to end up. And then the other reports were emerging that he's not going to show up and he's not going to be happy. And also that's another thing that Mark Spears has refuted saying that he's going to go and be a professional, but he still wants to be in Miami. Um, and that's also was the same with Kawhi Leonard, as we all know, but he did end up staying at least one season and he won a championship with the franchise. And uh, between the two franchises, Miami and Portland, no one's really blinked yet to a degree. You know, it's, and that's why we're kind of at a standstill. And then Portland, they're waiting for someone to emerge and Masai's like, hola, I can help. Yeah, I can help, guys. <laughs> the Kawhi example is a good one. There's been a couple of really high profile examples of players kind of actually forcing their way off of teams fairly mm-hmm. recently. Um, but the reality is in the history of the NBA, those are the exceptions. Like most often, especially when guys are locked into a long-term deal, like, uh, like Damien's. Yeah. You only go where you want to go if that team's willing to pony up a good offer. Um, and if they're not like Miami simply doesn't seem like they are, uh, it's not going to happen. Well, there's no reason for Portland to, to cave to that. So, um, Miami can't seem to put it together, but. Players really actually holding out and not playing is rare. The Kawhi, the, the Kawhi Leonard example was great because that was exactly what everybody was saying when yeah. the Raptors traded for him. He's not going to show up. He's not going to play. And of course, it ended well. So uh, with Lillard, there's even less risk than there was with Leonard. Mm. You've got him locked up to term. Even if he decided he wasn't going to play, you could then turn around and trade him to some other team. He would still have some value you could recoup. Yeah. By the way, James Harden apparently is not going to be reporting to Media Day on Monday. That's via Keith Pompey. So there's that. Um, And it's true that usually, I mean, like in in recent history, you just think of the players that superstar players that when they want to go somewhere, they just end up getting there. You know, Kevin Durant, Paul George, James Harden. Um, But again, the term, the age of Damian Lillard. And I still think if it comes down to, you know, obviously we got to think about the pieces that are involved in a trade and are the Raptors in a position to compete for in the Eastern conference, or maybe even gosh, compete for a championship that has to be factored into what this trade looks like. But in the Eastern conference, I think you would agree that it's fairly wide open, at least from uh, we got the Boston Celtics and they just traded Marcus smart, which is crazy. And I I'm, I'm curious how that all works out. I just mentioned what this, what's going on with the 76ers. I can't believe they're actually not in this conversation with Damian Lillard because that kind of solidifies a lot of um, the issues that they could be facing with the Joel Embiid, Giannis, 
Milwaukee, he's made uh, it pretty clear that he wants to keep on winning. And that could be another case where, you know, he could be on the market. Um, but at this very moment, there's like one team up there, right? You could say the Boston Celtics. After that, who knows? If the Miami Heat don't get Damian Lillard, then they're kind of out of the conversation too. It's it's very open. You could say maybe the closest thing to a sure thing would be the Cleveland Cavaliers after the Boston Celtics. Yeah. 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 Or like a few seasons, at least. Actually, you can't say of, that because Donovan Mitchell might be leaving. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly, the, the a lot of the comparisons are being drawn to the Kawhi Leonard trade. Um, and people saying, well, you know, when we traded for Kawhi Leonard, when the Raptors traded for him, that was a very strong, very deep team. And if they trade for Damian Lillard, they won't be as deep and they won't be as strong. They're not starting from a 60-win point. Yeah. Uh, but the conference back then was much stronger than it is now. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of question marks at the top right now. That that year, the the Philadelphia team they beat would be easily better than any team in the conference this year. Hundred percent. Like that team had Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid, and 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 it was quite a feat to get past them. And the other teams were also very good. The Giannis was already into his peak. Uh, it was it was a tough conference. So the reality is, uh, to make a trade like this, the Raptors mm. don't need to be as good as they were in the championship season. The term helps too. You don't have to get it done in one yeah. year. Did them? Do you worry about Dame's age and how that's gonna how that's gonna affect what he is in year three? Say he is with the Raptors for four years. Are you concerned at all about what he looks like when he's thirty five years old and maybe even like thirty six years old and he's making sixty million dollars in that player option year? To some degree, sure. Um, and that's kind of the price you pay, like for the. the you pay the price of the fourth and maybe the third year for the sec- first two and maybe first three years of, mm-hmm. of six. Um, the reality is if you're in a situation where you're trying to grab a star off the market, beggars can't be choosers. If one's available and there's a always oh, got an expensive contract at the fourth yep. year of a four-year deal, okay. <laughs> uh, sure. I, you've only got so much window that you can generate at any given time. So I think it's a risk worth taking. I mean, I don't want to compare him too much to Steph Curry because they're the separate players, both going to be Hall of Famers. But Steph Curry, what he's doing right now, he's coming off of a season where he averaged 36 and 6. Dame hasn't played that much over the past two seasons. He had an abdominal injury, but then there was a lot of just sitting and waiting. And then he had his last season where it was the best of his career. Um, he was like nearly the lead scorer in the NBA. He was a, a massively positive player. For the Portland Trailblazers. And I think he, in some ways, he added some time to his his peak when he wasn't playing that much. And I'm sure that was part of his plan, too. Is like, if we're not going to be competing, I'm not going to play because I have desires and championship aspirations and I'm not going to be doing with you guys this season. So fine, I'm going to sit. And it's funny that Fred Van Vliet had mentioned this on the podcast I did with him. Um, and CJ Miles on Strictly Hoops, and he had mentioned this about Jeff Doughton Jr. Like, yeah, he's older. It's like, but he doesn't have NBA years on his body. It's like, and that's a huge difference, you know, when you're 26 versus 20. Like, those early, every single season in the NBA is a grind. Um, that's why there's so much, you know, load management happening these days because we're realizing this with sports science, we're learning about this. And I think that's helped Dame's case a little bit. And I think it's okay for us to believe and think that. Three years from now, he's still going to be a very good NBA player. Very, very good. He could be, if he's 23, six and six, 23, five and five, for instance, is that bad? Really? Yeah. It's worth <laughs> noting that he could fall off a bit and still be very good. Yeah. Exactly. I think, by, I think, yeah, like various impact stats last year, like 
EPM had him top three in the league in terms of impact. Like an incredible season he just had. So he's got a ways to go to fall off before he's actually not helping you very much. And then on the con side of things, just going through those, we have them all out of the way. It's age. It's, is he truly going to be happy here? Could he be, you know, two years into this, is he kind of done with this and he's requesting a trade again, and then you've lost some assets and now you're, I mean, the Raptors don't have a lot of assets and they're going to be probably giving up some in this trade. I'm assuming Scotty Barnes is still on the team, which we're going to get to that stuff in in a second. And I, I think he would be if Dame does come to Toronto. Um, but those are things you got to think about, but this is part of the risk. And Masai himself had said, um, at his end of season that, you know, there is no free agency anymore. It's player transactions. That's how it is now. And when those situations do come up, you're going to take some risk and there's going to be a contract like this that you got to take on. What do you want to do with it? The Raptors don't want to tank. They've told us many, many times when they got Yakupertle at the deadline, they told us they don't want to tank. So now... Like make your move now. That's what how I see it. And if you're not going to tank, and I actually, if there there are those that believe that they should have or should now, I get it, but they're not. So let's think about that realm, that space, and within that, get a great point guard. Yeah, I mean, I think the big the big ask from the fandom is pick a direction. Just do one or the other, right? It's been a lot of yeah. can't tell which direction they're going to go. Yeah. Uh, they haven't. They've made some swings, like they added Jakob Pertl. Like that was a great move. They absolutely needed a center. They also added Jakob Pertl two and a half years after they should have added a center. Yeah. Right. So yeah. There's there's mixed messages of like, well, mm. you haven't really been doing all you can to win, um, but you haven't. You definitely haven't been tanking. You're trading yep. draft picks. You're not tanking. Um, yeah, I think it segues nicely into the next sort of section is that like I don't think the risks are the ones that you were listing. I think the risks are associated with what do you have to give up to get them? Um, and that's a big question mark right now. Well, let's have it. Let's um let's go through the most Raptors friendly deal that they could offer the Blazers. What's the most Raptors friendly deal? And it, and I think it's gonna include either OG Anobi or Gary Trent Jr., but proceed. Right. So I mean, one of the problems for the Raptors, it's not really a problem, but the situation the Raptors find themselves in right now is that they are very close to the tax line, which is, generally speaking, fine. If you're going to trade for a superstar like Willard, you're happy to go into the tax. Yeah. Such is life. You pay the tax for a good team. Not a problem. The problem they have is that they did use the mid-level exception and the biannual exception this year to sign their free agents. They signed uh, Schroeder and they signed McDaniels. Yeah. Use, use either of those exceptions, you activate a hard cap. And that hard cap is located about $7 million above the tax line. So in any of these trades for Dane, they can't take on too much salary. To take on more than $7 million, it's illegal. Not only that, in the trade itself, you can make the trade math work, so you'll only take on $6 million. But let's say they have to trade out, trade four players to get to match for Dane. They then have to sign a bunch of free agents to fill out the roster. And they can't mm. go over the hard cap even then. So they have to leave room to sign guys as well. So you can only add about $7 million in salary, seven or $8 million between the trade math and replenishing your roster after. It makes the math tricky to, to make work. Um, even trickier than a trade machine would, would tell you. So, <laughs> yeah. which, which is tough enough <laughs> as no. it is. Yeah. Uh, so Dane makes a lot of money. Uh, so the Raptors have to send out a good deal of money to match that. 
that means that I've tried a bunch of variations, even if they were including Scotty Barnes and a bunch of other mid-level size contracts, they really cannot make it work without one of OG or Gary yep. is essentially the conclusion that we come to. Um, so in terms of the most Raptors friendly deal, you have to think that would be um, Gary going out. You know, I like Gary, but he's not all defensive player OG and an OB. <laughs> um, there's a reason no. OG is a risk for signing potentially a max contract next summer because he's very, very good. Um, he's probably not max contract good, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything in a free market cap space situation. No, not um, where the market's going. Not where, not where that TV deal's going. doesn't matter so anymore. <laughs> it's uh, it's very likely that he'll get, if not a maximum contract, a very high offer uh, on the market at some point. And Gary Trent Jr., we're talking about maybe he'll extend it $20 million a year. There's a reason there's a discrepancy between his $20 million and OG's potential $40 million, is that they are different value players. Um, so ideally, you keep OG. Now, next season, when you have to give OG the max, your, your, your tax bill starts to get a little crazy. Sure. Maybe that's the price you pay. Um, certainly, if I had my way, I would be keeping OG on the roster because if you want to compete, a defender like that is is very valuable. Um, but, you know, in terms of constructing a deal, you're then talking about Gary Trent Jr. going out. That's the bulk of the salary you have to send. Maybe Chris Boucher goes along. He's a guy who makes around $12 million. Um but you've got a bunch, a bunch of options. It could be Chris Boucher. It could be Thad Young. Yeah. Otto Porter Jr. We've got a bunch of expiring or near expiring contracts of that sort of mid-level size. And then the question is, what makes the Blazers accept that deal? So mm-hmm. if it was a deal constructed around just filler salary, Gary plus filler, um, then it's draft picks and prospects. And you can add a couple of prospects in. Maybe it's Precious Chua. Maybe it's Grady Dick, which is, of course, the rumor that's going around is that the Blazers like Grady Dick. Fancy him. Yes. A fancy yes. Grady Dick. <laughs> a fancy guy. Yeah, um, he is. <laughs> he is. Or it's draft picks. The Raptors have draft picks to trade. Um, they're a little bit restricted by the fact that they traded a draft pick for Jakob Pertl. Um, but considering how unlikely it is for them to actually end up with a top six pick one after trading for Damian Lillard, um, in all likelihood, they'll be able to trade three picks as part of this this deal. You remove um, the always, protections, right? You don't have to remove the protections. You can make it conditional. You can say, oh, the first oh, okay. available pick. So once the 2024 transfers, then 2026 is available, and that one can be the first one that gets sent. And if the 2024 pick slides, then the entire Portland deal slides as well. Hmm. Uh, and that's one way that you can lose a pick on the end. If that pick slides, then the 2030 pick way down the line has to disappear because you're not allowed to trade more than seven years in the future. But uh, it's such an unlikely scenario, it wouldn't be considered a big risk by Portland if they were looking at that off. So not a big not a big issue. Um, nope. so I, I don't want to get rid of Chris Boucher. I don't want to get rid of Chris Boucher. Only because, I mean, I know we got to, if you're doing the trade, you're doing the trade, right? But uh, if you're also in win-now mode, I mean, a person who's as good as, at his role as he is can shoot the three. You can you can try and bank on a rebound season from the from beyond the arc. Um, he's excellent at his role, um, and he can he fits like a glove. And you can see him working really well with Dennis Schroeder, with Damian Lillard, like running the floor and transition. <laughs> Too tired to clean your floors after playtime. 
Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris, and MopMaster dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Fishing and rebounding and getting out and on the couch and finishing around the rim. And it just it's kind of a natural fit. But again, you have to make the money work. But it would be nice to keep him if you're trying to be a playoff team. Yeah, you do have to send some pieces. So yeah, if if you want to keep Boucher, so one of the reasons Boucher's name has constantly come up is that right now in the depth chart, you kind of only have room for one backup power forward, and that's either Chris Boucher or Precious Achua. So if Precious is outgoing as a prospect, then absolutely you try to keep Boucher because mm. he's your backup power forward at that point. But if you want to find minutes for Precious, Boucher might not be playing that much, and then maybe he's expendable in such a deal. So, so I guess we're done yeah. with Vision Six Nine. I guess that's what it means. No more I mean, I don't know. Chris Boucher at the three. <laughs> Hopefully not. We've got we've got actual wings yeah. to play backup wing now. Okay, so that's like the that's the ideal Toronto trade, but uh, the difference in you know what the Blazers would want, like we know it's probably going to be Ojin and Novi. We know it's probably going to be Grady Dick. After that, what uh, what are the other pieces that would be involved? Is it does it change that much or? Again, it's mostly filler. So it's a question of value, right? So I assume that the value of the deal that I proposed would just make the Blazers say no. That if they don't get OG, then they're not happy with prospects and picks. Yeah. And if they don't get, if they, like if they're stuck taking Gary, which A is an awkward situation for all involved because he left and didn't have nice things to say about Portland in general. At least he had the impression he wasn't happy to be in Portland and was happier to be away from there. So sending him back there is not great yeah. um but if Gary, gary is just generally not that high value of return compared to og so if they're not getting that high value return in the deal um i don't know that the prospect package is good enough with og i would think that the prospect package would be good enough to make the deal happen so i think that's the main difference maybe you don't send quite as many picks maybe it's og grady dick and a pick or two i'm not sure exactly how it shakes out that comes down to the negotiation table right yeah but uh, but yeah you have to think that it would be a little bit uh, nicer for them to have OG coming back. Obviously, the the prize that Portland is after is Scotty Barnes, um, which by all accounts, the Raptors are saying, nope, not Scotty Barnes, not going to happen. Yeah. But, uh, which is, I mean, which is interesting. It means that they're definitely not betting everything on the Dame Lillard trade working out and then winning a chip. Because if you think you're going to win a championship, you might trade Scotty Barnes for that. Yes. And you keep OG and Anobi. And you keep as much of your depth as you can and you just make a run. Whereas if you think, you know, we'll give it a shot, but we're not going to punt the future on this, that's when you're holding on to Scotty Barnes really tightly. So mm-hmm. I imagine if that's what they're doing, then 
I mean, if if they were going to trade Scotty Barnes, then it's just you're using Gary as salary filler. You're using a couple of other filler pieces, and Scotty Barnes is the centerpiece. The yep. fact that anybody's talking at all about Grady Dick, the fact that Grady Dick's name came up means Scotty Barnes is off the table. Mm-hmm. Because if you're getting a Scotty Barnes package, you're not asking for Grady Dick too. No, it's too many prospects. <laughs> it's not even too many prospects. It's just that you know, if if Portland had the chance to get Scotty Barnes, they should be taking the offer. Right? Yeah, stopping the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. And even you know, even the the fit. Like, if we're talking hypothetical, and your starting lineup is uh, OG Ananobi, Damian Lillard, Scotty, Pascal, and and Jakob. Well, I we saw. Oh wow, well, sure. Like we we saw the we saw the limitations of that lineup already, and like obviously, I mean, it's a separate conversation. But the shooting ability of Damian Lillard does change the conversation a lot. However, okay, so, there are still limitations to it. <laughs> so first off, the limitations. That lineup with Fred Van Vliet was basically the best Raptors lineup all season. So the offense had its limitations, but overall net rating-wise, they were dominant. Dominant. Best lineup we've seen in years from the team. Yeah. Now, I mean, there's also the con- Non-crunch time, time, but yeah. <laughs> well, crunch time is a sample of minutes. Uh, it's kind it of is. hard to judge a lineup on, on crunch time over the last 20 games of the season. Um, but, I mean, if your concern is crunch time, then I think Dame Lillard basically solves that. He does. He does. <laughs> this guess, is why he's a valuable player. He's very good. That's the big question mark. <laughs> he's the answer. So, so I mean, I mean, I have, I would have very little concern about if they could If they could have that lineup, that would be a dream. I don't see a scenario where they're trading neither of Scotty or OG. Yeah. Uh, so more likely you've got OG or Scotty playing the three, and then you've got Gary starting at the two, or Otto Porter Jr. as a shooting wing who's just there. You know, you have options. Um, mm. But yeah, that dream scenario, I think, is better than maybe you're painting it out to be, and also is not going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. True. Okay. Humor me here. So, because to me, if you're rebuilding and you're retooling whatever as you are with the Blazers and you have this young core, it's like 22, 23 years old. And wouldn't it be nice to have like a Christian Coloco? Wouldn't you be curious about that? Maybe. I mean, if they they need, I haven't looked too closely at what they need on their roster. I imagine they could use a center prospect. Um, But I don't know. The rumors I've heard is they've got their sites set on a bigger name at the center position if they okay. get okay. to take the, okay take the, well, before we get to that though if what would be if they if that if they strike out on that person which we're going to get to in a second um a framework of grady dick and christian coloco plus salary filler for instance i mean if that's just filler that's the raptors dream like those two yeah. picks gary i mean that's great that's a win now go for it sort of move um I'd be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. I, I, I just don't think it's the, the there's all there's there's value in building a team and then there's being able to sell a trade to your fan base. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't know that you check that second box with that move. And it's questionable whether you check the first box. Yeah. Um, I like Christian Coloco a lot. I think he should be the full time backup center. We should not see a single minute this year with neither him nor Pertle on the floor. Uh, the Raptors were consistently excellent all last season when either one of them was on the floor. Um, but I doubt he has that much cachet 
league-wide <laughs> to really yeah, yeah. Sort of no i i, I get you just curious what you thought about that one yeah defensive estimated plus minus he was 11th in the nba last year <laughs> and that's um sample but still it means wild. something though we saw it we saw it oh yeah yeah um okay so then the the final thing i wanted to ask you about is what you alluded to it's three team trades and the center you were talking about was deandre ayton um and uh, there have been conversations around that and if you recall Phoenix was interested in OG and Anobi on the trade deadline, along with a few other teams. Um, but there's probably some sort of fancy framework within what we're talking about, where Nurkic and an OG or something like that is going to Phoenix, and then Aiton is going to the Blazers, and everyone's hockey dory. Dame's in Toronto. So let me let me hear it. Let let's see it. Sure. I think? mean, it's very it's that sort of structure. So I do think, generally speaking, a third team doesn't really help the deal happen. I think that. If the Raptors give up enough value for the Blazers, then that's basically what they're looking for. The one question mark is OG. OG's a pending free agent. OG is a he's he's young-ish, but he's very much in his prime. Mm-hmm. He's a win now piece. Is Portland really looking for that? They might be. They might be wanting someone who can be a, a leader, um, who can be grow with the core that they've developed there and still be good at sort of when they're hitting their peaks. Uh, and they have the financial flexibility to just sign them. But if they aren't looking for that yet, if they don't want to be good yet, they want to take a breath for a couple of years before really beginning to climb, um, or they just have their eyes set on some other piece, that's where the third team comes in. So with all these rumors about Phoenix and them wanting Aiton, and Phoenix kind of maybe needing to trade Aiton, <laughs> depending on whether he even shows up to camp, yeah, um, it seems like an opportunity. And... There's probably not a lot of teams around the league with an extra center, starting quality center that they might just hand over. And Portland is one of them. Portland, Nurkic has been very good in the past. He's had a couple of down years, but he's been playing for bad teams, and that happens to good players on bad teams. Jakob Brittle did not look good in San Antonio and looked great with the Raptors, who were just a middling. They weren't a good team. They were just a middling team. (laughs) So take good players and give them a chance to win every night, and they usually look pretty good. Nectar um, pieces. So, Making lineups that fit. Isn't that so? Yeah. Uh, well, and even like Marcus All, when the Raptors traded for him in the championship season, he was coming, he was having his worst season by far as a Grizzly. He looked done. And the trade they made was a bet that that wasn't real. He was just on a bad team. And he showed up and he had his struggles, but he was still very much a huge positive contributor. So the bet here for Phoenix would be well, if we, if we just can't have eight on the team. If that's a non-starter, Nurkic is a pretty good backup option. Yeah. And if you can get a Nurkic and OG on the Nobi, they can see why they'd be happy to part with a guy like Aiden, even though he's to them a maximum salary center. Um because they're going for it. And OG yeah. is exactly the sort of guy they need, and Nurkic fills the positional need. Mm-hmm. It seems like a win. Um why Portland wants Aiden, I'm not sure, but if they want him, great. <laughs> I think at that point, the only question is what sort of, it's the same structure. You send OG, you send a couple of prospects, whatever, uh, as part of the deal. You've got a a little bit of salary filler in there. The Raptors still have to send out enough salary to match for Dame coming back. So you still need to send all that filler. The Phoenix being involved doesn't change that. But maybe Phoenix does the amount change? Does the amount of filler change? No, the amount of filler doesn't change. The Raptor math stays exactly the same. Okay. Um, 
Now you've got the opportunity for maybe Phoenix sends you a piece uh, in the trade that helps balance out the roster or makes the money. Watanabe. Yuta Watanabe. <laughs> any, any number of pieces. Um, uh, uh. Small salary, probably. But for the most part, the deal's going to look the same for the Raptors. Um, the question is, does it make Phoenix more likely to accept a little less from the Raptors if they get what they want out of the deal, which is eight? Um, they get off Nurkic's money and all this other stuff. So maybe you send a little less in terms of draft compensation. Maybe they want one less prospect. And maybe, or maybe you send the same amount and just one of those picks goes to Phoenix instead of Portland just to make everybody happy in the deal. Um, it does seem like a pretty win-win scenario for everybody involved. Um, it does probably require the Raptors to trade OG. I was exploring some options where it's like, well, the Raptors don't want to trade OG and they do want to trade Gary. And Portland doesn't want Gary because they've had him before and didn't work out. If Phoenix is desperately looking to move Aiton, then... Gary Trent Jr. could be a that's a valuable piece. Not great, but yeah. give give them another shooter. Give them another like a sixth man type to help yeah help them score off the bench. And uh, between him and Nurk, it's a bit of a return for Aiden. That's one where you'd probably have to find some other value to send their way. Um, but yeah, Phoenix seems like a good opportunity. I don't know of any other teams that are obvious matches, um, unless something crazy happens with Philly and they actually move Harden and then who knows mm. what that shakes out <laughs> league-wide in that situation. Yeah. But, uh, for the most part, it doesn't really change the math from the Raptors' end. As long as they can put the the pieces on the table that Portland likes or can leverage into another piece somewhere else, uh, they've got a chance to trade for. Ishmael Wainwright, you are a Toronto Raptor once again in this scenario. <laughs> they got to bring him back. They would have to. That'd be nice. Yeah, it would be. Loved him. He was so delightful. Um, the Pacers, is there something there? Because we know that Buddy Heald kind of wants out, new contract, new money. Um, is there a framework that makes sense there? That's kind of a tougher question because you got to, then you got to go through the, the Pacers cap stuff and all that. It but. is tough. Um, I would think the Pacers are probably in a decent shape cap wise. Um, I would they think a, that they got a fun team, moved, by the way. They got a very fun team, by the way. Right. So, I mean, yeah. maybe that's a that's probably another one where it's like, if they're looking to get rid of uh, Buddy Buddy Hield, and you know, does does Gary appeal to them in that sort of situation? Because mm. you know, Buddy Hield's not the guy. You're not going to trade him for a whole lot of value. He's an expiring veteran. He's a great shooter, an excellent shooter, but not the sort of player that teams give up a bounty for. So are they happy to swap him out for a younger player who might extend with them in Gary Trent Jr.? Maybe. Uh, and if so, that maybe that just greases the wheels a bit on a deal um, with Portland. I don't see how much it helps just because in a situation where Buddy Hill was on the move, you'd think a team, the team that would want him would be the Raptors. Yes. You know, veteran shooter. Add him to the to the team, but in this scenario, we're talking about adding Damian Lillard, so it's tough to add that much salary in a single deal. It is so, it might be a situation where if Indy was going to get involved, maybe there'd be a fourth team <laughs> that fields going to the fourth team when there's a whole bunch of contracts moving around. So I'm not sure. Maybe that's why it's taking so long, right? Is because there's going to be this mega six-team trade that's going to just melt the NBA. (laughs) Harden will move two, and so will Aiden. It'll end up being the first three-team trade in in NBA history. Holy smokes. I don't know what they're going to do, the 76ers. They're in a really tough spot here. Yeah, well, that's okay. (laughs) 
it's no problem. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Uh, I'm not sympathizing or anything like that. Like that's that's your your bed. You made it. Um, yeah. But anyways, other teams that you think could get involved in in the Dame sweepstakes is it is it really just Miami and and Toronto, or is there another team? Like there's been rumblings about Boston. There's been rumblings about Orlando. Michael Green did mention that the other day. Orlando's um, a weird one. Yeah. Orlando, they must like really want to win now. I feel like they're well. They got eleven guards, so they gotta do something. Add another guard, make it twelve. But he, but he yeah. plays thirty minutes. He plays thirty minutes. So, but yeah, yeah it's true. I wouldn't he, mind Cole Anthony. He'd be cool. He'd be cool. But okay, <laughs> I think I think I I think Dame's a tough fit. Uh, I think if there was a whole bunch of teams out there that were clamoring to make a trade for Dame, like mm. he's he is aging. He's got a big contract. He has requested a very specific destination. Um, so there's always the fear that he won't perform. Uh, even if he shows up, whether he's going to be uh, all there for you. Happy. Um, yeah. Team culture. That's a thing. Team unity. Well, the, you want to win a championship. You need and then it's a question unity. of, yeah. it's, and then it's a question of like timeline for teams. Like the Raptors were in a weird middle or in a real middle ground where it might make some sense to just be able to pick a direction based on sure. a move like this. There's not a lot of teams there. There's teams that are already really good. Boston, I don't see how they put together a good package for Dame. And also, those teams are generally good enough that do they want to risk adding Dame to the mix? Mm-hmm. Depending on the cost, depending on the fit, is it, is it going to work out? If, it, if it's not where he wants to be, is it worth the risk to the locker room? Um, team like Toronto is like looking at maybe another 500 season and saying, well, well what's the risk? <laughs> Uh, and there's not a lot of other teams like that. Orlando yeah. is a weird one. I could see them if they just really want to win going for it. It's just, I don't see why they do it so soon. Like the yeah. Raptors trading for Dame is like, we're hoping to go from a 500 team to a 50 win team and make some noise in the playoffs. Orlando has a much, if they want to be a 50 win team and make noise in the playoffs, they'd have a huge leap to make. They were mm-hmm. pretty significant with the Raptors in the standings. So. Uh, it's a bit of a stretch. I don't. I don't see any other really obvious fits, and I think that's part of why this is just dragging out. Yeah, the Heat want him and can't afford him, and there's very few other teams that will make a real offer. And this is also the problem with there not being a a typical free agency anymore. Is that there's going to be a player, but just like we saw last off season with Kevin Durant. Now it's it's Damian Lillard in this off season where all of a sudden, well, they're available and teams aren't prepared to pony up their assets, right? They're just not ready for it. Um, but a team like OKC, like I'm sure they have their eyes set on one of these guys, right? They're putting themselves in a position and it's to credit to their franchise. They got all kinds of like, they're just trying to find ways to get rid of, they have to get rid of a very good player on their roster this upcoming season. Who's going to be, who's definitely an NBA player, but they just have too much talent. What a problem. <laughs> Um, but, but they're going to be in position. You have five draft picks in every well, draft. Well, true, 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 <laughs> absolutely. But um, like when it comes down to it, when Joel Embiid or Giannis do become available, now they're like, we have this many assets for you. So, but they're one of the only teams, the New York, yeah. New York Knicks as well. And those um, teams tend to yeah. be very young, and as they approach their peak, the guy they want to trade for isn't in his mid thirties. Mm-hmm. He's in his early thirties. He's just turning 30. They want the Giannis. They don't want the Dane. So it, no. may, it does make that trade fit a little tough to find. 
All right. Well, we'll see how all this uh, shakes out now. Um, it was a great chat, man. Thank you so much for, for joining me. Anything you want to add before we, we head out of here? Not really. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Fun times, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the chat. We'll talk to you very soon. Let's see what happens. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.